This is an audio sermon recorded at Highway 71 Church of Christ in Alma, Arkansas. We are Christians seeking to worship God in spirit and in truth. We would love for you to worship with us at 1030 on Sunday mornings at 1808 Highway 71 North in Alma, Arkansas. Good morning to everybody. So glad we could all be here. Empty seats, but um, glad everybody that was able to be here was able to be here this morning. And uh, I really hope that the things I have to share this morning are uh, reminders and encouragement to all of us and our challenges to uh, stand against the wiles of the devil in our life. Uh, God's Word makes it very clear to us that all around us, in this very moment, in this place, and inside of us, there's a spiritual battle that we cannot see going on. The very moment we become a child of God, whether we realize it or not, whether we acknowledge it or not, whether we like it or not, we joined God's army and we became an enemy of Satan. And we can be passive about that, we can ignore it, but there's no such thing as a Christian that's on the sidelines. If we bury our head in the sand and act like nothing's going on, it doesn't change the fact that someone is against us. And they're attacking us. Failing to realize it or engage in the battle, I believe is the only way that we're ever truly overcome by the enemy and by his strategies. And simply ignoring the war will lead to our self-destruction. God and Satan are at war, so that means their followers are at war. Their kingdoms are at war, and they're at war inside of us. In John 10, verse 10, Jesus refers to Satan as a thief. He says he's come to kill, steal, and destroy. He's come to do that to you and I and to our lives. That's what, that is what his purpose is here. He wants to destroy your walk with God. Destroy your witness. Destroy your works in God's kingdom. He wants to steal your peace. Steal your joy. Rob the fruits of the Spirit from your life. Kill your marriage. And kill the ministry God has planned for your life. Destroy your motivation for serving God and serving others. Kill, if possible, even your faith. The reason He wants to do these things is because He knows that it will render us powerless. For the purposes of God's kingdom. That's what the battle's all about to him. That's it. That is his enemy. And it's not just you that he's after that he wants to destroy. It's the purposes that God put you here for. He's very crafty and he, he wants us in no way to be effectively engaged in a spiritual battle for our soul and the souls for men and women. If he can defeat you and render you powerless, then you're no longer a threat to him. If he can destroy our witness and our example because of behavior or sin in our life, then how is it we can be effective sharing the gospel to others? If he can destroy our marriage, attack our finances, our careers, our relationships with others and our family, if he can keep us focused on our own problems and keep us bogged down so much with our own struggles, 
And how is it that we can ever be effective at sharing God's grace and love with others? If He can steal our peace and our hope, how do we share it with others? It's important that at all times we remember where the enemy is coming from, what his strategy is against us, and that every single day while on this earth, he's going to be attacking us. If you want to win a battle, you want to pick the battleground, right? Satan knows something that's a, a point of vulnerability in every single one of us. And it's the place he chooses to do battle with us. It's a battle for our mind and our thought life. The battle is, in fact, to control our mind and our thought life. He doesn't have a side job or a side gig, as they call it today. That is his only purpose. He is attempting to enslave our mind to what his purpose is and his goal is for our life. It's such a simple truth and a fact, but it's so easily and often overlooked in our life, and I just want us to be reminded of it this morning. Why our mind? Why here? He knows that our thoughts control our feelings, and our feelings control our actions. It's part of being human. It's the way we're made. If we don't recognize that point of weakness, he will attack us there and he will win the battle every time thoughts control feelings and feelings control our choices and actions I mentioned a couple of weeks ago if just how deep that is in our nature when I was preparing our minds to remember the Lord's death for communion and I said, if you know, if you look down right now and you saw a rattlesnake between your feet, it would prove itself out in a split second. You have a thought in your mind, which produces feelings, and you're going to see some action, right? Dane and I were doing a, I'm 6'2", 240-ish, I don't know, Dane's just so little and nimble, you know, we work together. We're crawling underneath this house. I consider myself a man's man, tough guy, but there's one particular creature out there that can turn me into a, uh, say, a young girl in a princess outfit. <laughs> it's the reclusive brown spider. Right? Anything that can bite me in my sleep in the comfort of my own bed, I don't even know what's there, and it rots the flesh away from my bones. I'm in the hospital for two weeks. That horrifies me. It's from the pits of hell. I just can't stand them. I do not like them. I, I'd take the rattlesnake in the bed, I think, in all honesty. I'd rather find them. So I'm bundled up. We're underneath the house. It's summertime, and Jason decides he's going to put on sweatpants, tuck them into his boots, put bib overalls on, a hoodie, and a jacket on top of that. It's not to keep me warm. It's summer. We're crawling in the dust under the house. I'm wearing a mask because it's dusty and Dane's got these old weird scientist goggles he loans me because they're just those ones that fog up instantly, you know? So we're crawling and Dane's in there in like three seconds. I'm doing the, I don't know what, some sort of a waddle to get in there. I finally get myself pinned in the back and I'm being the brute force in the back and it's just all of a sudden my thoughts start coming. 
I'm feeling like I need to stand up. You know, I'm waiting on Dane to get something. You know, he's getting situated. I'm getting uncomfortable and I want to stand up. I'm feeling tags, you know, things in my clothes and I'm starting to think and I'm getting so paranoid that I'm thinking about, I'm coming out of here, you know. I would look out, Dane, because I'm going for the exit. All based on thoughts I was having, I was previously fine. But I started to think about things and it created emotion in me. And the next thing you know, I'm acting irrational. We do it to ourselves all the time. You know, when you, if you get some kind of mark on your neck or something needs to be tested at the doctor or heaven forbid our children have to have tests run on them, what's the first thing we do? Think. We pull out WebMD, you know, and we're looking, we're Dr. Googling this thing. And we have, before you know it, we're just having a good old-fashioned freak out, you know? We're worried about things. We're having a hard time. We can't eat. We can't even talk because we're just dreading what we just know is coming, right? Next thing you know, we're just a basket case and a nervous wreck, all because of what? Thoughts. Thoughts. That's it. Nothing more than our own thoughts. Satan knows this about our nature, and he uses it against us daily. Our thoughts are the beginning point of all of our attitudes, choices, actions, and behaviors. They're where everything begins, good and bad. And since we are what we are thinking, it can reveal itself in a lot of ways in our life if we pay attention. A lot of times we can have different thoughts and different feelings and Satan can accomplish the same goal that he's after. I was thinking about, you know, if, if someone is spiritually stronger than us, we see them as spiritually stronger than us, you know, uh, somehow we convince ourselves that our shortcomings are different than theirs are in God's eyes, you know. They're somehow superior to us. We start to feel inadequate, shameful, and, you know, these feelings can lead us to, uh, you know, avoiding people like that. or not feeling worthy to be around them. And in the same sense, we may be prideful. We may think we're spiritually superior to other people, and we can start to have feelings of pride and think, well, you know what, I don't think I should be around them. We don't associate with them. You know, we recluse away from those types of people. And either way, Satan has stopped encouraging each other from happening, hasn't he? Through two completely different thoughts and emotions. Thoughts of guilt and shame. The I could nevers, I will never. I'm not capable, I'm not able. God's not willing, God's not capable. God could never. I'm not strong enough, pretty enough, cool enough, shine, I'm too shy, I'm too old, I'm too young. All these thoughts in our mind can lead to feelings of defeat, inadequacy, fear, depression, hopelessness. Those feelings can act themselves out in our life through unthankfulness, negative and poor attitudes, inaction, social, social isolation, discouraging others, being envious, substance abuse, and even suicide. Stealing, killing, and destroying. It's happening all around us every single day, and it's doing it through our, our own minds. 
2 Corinthians 10, verse 3 through 5, it says, For we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. We are destroying speculations and every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God. And we are taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. I just love how I love these words in verse 5. He's telling us how to protect ourselves and defend ourselves against Satan. I love how he says we are destroying speculation. Speculations. It's, these things are not true. We destroy things that aren't true, that are just hearsay. We also are destroying every lofty thing that is raised up against the knowledge of God. Anything, anything that people perceive to be true about God, things we perceive to be true about God, if it's not true, we, don't, we, we destroy that. We have nothing to do with it. We don't think about it. It doesn't enter our mind. And finally, we're taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. It seems like the battle for our mind is, in our mind is pretty simple. Any speculation, any false information about God, any thoughts that are not under the uh, lordship of Christ and are not from God and of God, we reject them. Right? We destroy them. The greatest thing about God's Word is when He makes suggestions to us and commands to us and things we should be doing in our life, He also gives us the power to do it. And we have the power to do them through His presence in our life and His Spirit in our life. And Sadly, most of the time, if we're not doing them, it's because we've made the choice not to. It's estimated that our minds think between 60 and 80,000 thoughts in a day. That's 2,500 to 3,500 thoughts per hour. And Satan sees every single one of those as an opportunity. That's a lot of opportunities. Many of the thoughts that we have in our life have nothing to do with our spiritual walk. They have nothing. It's just you have to think to balance a checkbook. You have to think to drive a car. They have nothing to do with our spiritual life. But all the other thoughts are a battleground where God and Satan are at war for the way they like our lives to be. The reality of it is, we cannot control every thought that comes into our mind. We can't do it. We have the best day, we're driving down the road, all is grand in our life, and maybe talking to the Lord, praising the Lord, good music on the radio. One phone call, one billboard. One guy, bumper sticker, one cut off in the road, bad, crazy driver. All negative, negative, negative thoughts that can enter our mind. We can't control that from happening. And Satan knows that. That's why we're vulnerable there, and that's why he attacks us there. We don't have control over the things that come to our mind, but we have control over the thoughts we nurture in our mind, the thoughts that we allow to stay in our mind, that we dwell upon, we have control over that. It's like we don't have uh, control over who knocks on our door or rings our doorbell at our home, but we have 
control over who we let in the door, right? If an employee steals from a company or a boss, they, that's not something that typically just happens all of a sudden, right? You know, what has happened in the past is the thoughts come to mind. And they've let that thought into their mind and they've dwelled on it and they've thought about it from time to time. Maybe not for a while. And then again, later down the road, thought shows back up. And my, maybe it starts to take a little bit more of a form and maybe some feelings start to come up, some feelings of excitement or entitlement. You know, I've been working here a long time. But just thoughts. Then Satan, knowing these thoughts, can present some financial burden or some jealousy or animosity or something. And all that's left to happen is to act on these feelings, right? You think about those types of things that happen, it's so easy to look at them and go, how in the world? Why in the world would they, someone ever do something like this? And it's the same reason we do things in our life. It's one simple thought that we let in and so in our thoughts and feelings and then the only thing left is to act on. I know we're not a bunch of thieves and embezzlers here, but we're all sinners. And you think to any time in our life where our poor decisions and thoughts in our life have led us down a path that caused scars and pain and life-changing, altering, life-ruining moments. Every single one of those, I can assure you, started with the thought. I guess the, the good thing about... Uh, a good thing and a bad thing at the same time is that it all could have been avoided. It all could have been avoided. It's needless pain and senseless sorrow. And the reason we faced it and went through it is because we were not engaged in a battle that we should have been engaged in. Simply put, if our thoughts are not obedient to Christ, they're obedient to Satan. And those thoughts are designed to kill, steal, and destroy in our life. Oftentimes, when we're choosing, when we choose a thought, we're choosing a path to follow. As we take precautions to take every thought captive in our life, I feel like it's very important that we immediately realize where thoughts are coming from, right? To acknowledge who would have me to have uh, make have these thoughts. Who is it that would want me to dwell on these things, right? I mentioned a couple weeks ago if someone was to whisper in Brian's ear during the church service, you're just a failure. You're a loser. You can't do nothing right. He would immediately turn around and be thinking, who said that to me, right? We all would. But somehow these voices that we hear in our head and these thoughts that we have, we don't treat that I have to treat them the same. Would God want me to think this way? Is that God talking to me? Would God talk to his children this way? Would they accuse me of this? Would Satan? Would God want me to take this perfectly happy time in my life and drudge up old things that someone's done to me in my past and dwell on that? Would God want me to dwell on my shortcomings or would Satan? Would God want me to dwell on my past mistakes or does Satan? 
Satan knows that if he can put a thought into your mind, a lot of time we will embrace it and we'll begin to believe it. It's that I've had a bad day. Everything I've touched has fallen apart. Every single thing I do. I'm wondering why I'm touching anything at this point. I have them. I tell my family I shouldn't have got out of bed this morning. That's usually my response on those days. But just everything you seem to do and you start, boy, I am just a loser, right? I just, I can't do anything right. I don't know why anyone would want me around. Satan, knowing that he's got these thoughts working in our mind, you know, he starts to realize that, you know what, I can just compound the issue. So here comes a boss or a co-worker, maybe even a spouse or a friend or a loved one. They're not having the best day either, right? They may be convinced that you're the cause of that. So they let you have it. So now you're just really bogged down, you know. Yep, tell me something I don't know. Yep. It's the way Satan attacks us and he gets us down. And at that moment, he has us right where he wants us. He does. We have to know in those moments in our life that Satan needs us to be that way. He needs us to be right there. That's the only way he has power over us. He needs us to be having these thoughts. He needs us to be feeling these feelings so that he can get us to act and react in the way that he wants. It's the only way he can succeed. In those moments, we have to realize that it's all a lie, straight from his mouth. Maybe we even need to tell him out loud that we know exactly what he's up to. Right? I love those shirts, not today, Satan people have. I love that. There's a lot of power in that. We tell him we know what he's up to. We know your, I know your schemes, and I'm not falling for it. Rebuke him in Jesus' name and start dwelling on some truth from God's word, right? Instead of his lies. We have the power to do it. We've been given it. Uh, I was telling Shelly, one of my favorite things Jesus talks about uh, he says it in such passing, but he talks about binding the strong man. And I love the way he says it in such passing because he's talking about him and what he's doing to Satan, right? But he says, it, you know, you can just relate to it so much because in our life we go around dealing with all these issues. Satan is causing us and all this trouble and all this sorrow, right? We're going around, we're tiptoeing around trying to sneak around into the man's palace. Jesus says, no. You go up, you bind the man of the house, then you take what you want. That's how you handle the problem. That's how you handle it. That's how Jesus handled Satan himself. <laughs> he won the fight. He, he won the war. Satan knows that. That's why he lies to us about it. In a battle for our thought life, God in Philippians 4, I believe, gives us the power to overcome Satan. He says that whatever is true, whatever is honest, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is good news, I love that one. Good report, I think it says. It's good stuff. Anything that is excellent at all, and anything that is worthy of praise at all, at any time during your day, any point in your life, you feel free to think on this stuff. That's what he says. 
These are the thoughts that I have for you. These are the goals that I have for you. These are the thoughts that I want you to have to produce in you emotions and feelings that I want you to have so that I can get you to do what it is you design, I designed you to do. We take everything captive, everything, every thought captive, if it does not fall into one of these categories, we reject it. And we know that it's from Satan. And it's, it's made to kill, steal, and destroy us. I love in John 10, when he finishes that, verse 10, he's, he tells, he says, but I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. So Satan wants us to follow his thoughts and lead us down a path that leads to stealing, killing, and destroying. Jesus wants us to live a life and have a thought life that leads to a more abundant life. Why do we make that a hard decision? Why? Why is that a struggle for us? Why, why in the world would we wake up on a Monday and think, it's a beautiful day outside, I think I'll have some destruction and death. Right? Why? We do it because we're not fighting him in the battle of our mind. We're allowing him in to toxin poison our mind. That's why. You should actually find, through this process, we should find it quite encouraging that Satan is even attacking us. Why does he need to? He wants us out of the game because we're a danger to his, right? Like I said before, it's not just what we are and who we are. It's what the purpose you have is. That's why he wants you down. That's why he wants you out. He knows the power that God's put in you. If he can get you to forget about that, then he wins. Where we're at right now, in this country and the times that we were in that just seemed like a you know in the twinkling of an eye and a snap of a finger things have just changed so much i think we could really round that what is it sixty thousand eighty thousand thoughts we're supposed to i think we could really bump that up because we're just bombarded with information right now we're there's so much coming to our brains and to our minds out there you know so much fear Satan wants us to think about, so much devastation, worry, so much, well, is this country even going to stand? Who's going to win the election? There's so much going on in this world right now that our minds are just going nuts, and Satan is having a field day with it. Um, Ephesians 6, Paul's talking about standing against the devil, right? And in wicked times, Stand against the devil, we put on this armor, right? And he goes through the whole body of armor. And he gets to the head, right? What's your head for? It's for your thinking, right? It's for your thoughts. What do you say we protect our head with? Say, so it's a helmet of salvation. Thessalonians, first, Thessalonians 5 and 8, he says, We wear as a helmet the hope of our salvation.
with all this going on in the world when Satan wants us to have a spirit of fear, doubt, and worry, and to be consumed with negative thoughts, how we protect that? With the truth. The truth about our salvation, what's been done, the fact that we are not of this world. None of it matters, right? I may die of a nuclear attack. I could die of a crazy virus. We could all be killed by a tyrannical government, right? You dwell on that all you want to. God says dwell on this. Don't worry about it. It's temporary. It means nothing. This too will pass and you'll be living life eternally. That's the truth again. And that's why Satan lies. Right? No, but look. You might not even have internet. You might not even have access to it. It's so silly. But yet we do it. We let him win this game. We're going to have good days and we're going to have bad days in the battle against Satan in our mind. You just will. You just will. Some days you'll be strong and some days I'll be weak. Eventually we all fail, right? Some days we may fail together and Satan will call us losers, you know? But we know the truth. We know the difference. As long as God's in heaven and his, our Savior and Redeemer is on his right hand, we're winners. It, it's, it's over with. It's done. We've been given the power to overcome. And he knows that. Again, that's why he lies to us. I love Proverbs 28, verse 1. A wicked flee, though no one pursues them. <laughs> but the righteous are as bold as a lion. We have no reason to be running. I, I, I read that and I think about, you know, just, they're just running. I'm afraid, I'm afraid. Of what? The sky's falling, I guess, right? They're running. The wicked run and hide and are horrified of everything, though, though nothing's after them. But that's not us. The righteous stand as bold as a lion. The king of the jungle is not afraid of anything. Nothing messes with the lion. If we take every thought captive, it comes into our mind by God's strength. We look at it and we think, who would say this to me? Who would want me to think this way? Is this from God's Word? Is this a blessing to my life? Is it a curse? Is this leading through a path of destruction? Is someone trying to kill, steal, me, steal from me and destroy my life through this thought pattern? Or is somebody trying to enrich my life and give me a more abundant life? If we do that, we bind the strong man and we win the battle before it even starts. God's given us the strength to do that. I know that we can. So does Satan. That's why he's so adamant about lying to us and have his thoughts come into our mind any way possible that he can to bring about doubt and fear in our lives. I hope my message this morning has been encouraging to you and a reminder 
of the ways we stand up to Satan and uh, defeat him before he has a chance to defeat us. We hope you have enjoyed this message recorded at Highway 71 Church of Christ. If you have questions concerning this message or would like to set up a study, please call 479-647-2658. May God bless you.